Hello and welcome to this episode 29 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Thursday the 20th of April 2017. This week's conversation is with Liv Siddle, the editor of the Rough Trade magazine. As the name would suggest, that is the in-house magazine for the Rough Trade music shops. And whereas most of the magazine makers who I speak to in these podcasts are independent, so they're running literally every part of the business themselves, in this case, Liv is publishing a brand magazine. But I think it's really important that the way she goes about doing that, she conveys this sense of fun and energy so that the stuff that she's doing for a brand feels every bit as personal and important to her as it would be for someone who is literally making a magazine all for themselves. She speaks quite a lot in this conversation about how she goes about doing that and how uh, really it's all about getting the, the bands who come through the shops to contribute and getting the people who work in the shop to contribute so that really this isn't her magazine. You know, she would say this is a magazine that is made genuinely by and for the people who are, are in the rough trade shops themselves. I spoke to her for this conversation um, actually back at the start of March at the Edge conference in Munich and I'd invited her there to speak about uh, the way that she goes about making this magazine. She gave just this brilliantly funny and self-deprecating talk and I hope that this conversation uh, preserves a little bit of that uh, and helps to share the way that she goes about making the Rough Trade magazine. Right, so I'm here with Liv Siddle, the editor of the Rough Trade magazine, who's is giggling away at the mention <laughs> of your own name, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why it's funny. Um, hello, how are you? I'm very well. I'm um, I, I'm a, a bit intimidated actually because you're really cool. Uh, well, you're really cool. But you're, <laughs> you're a real podcaster. Well. I, thank you. I, I do record podcasts, yeah. have done for a while. You get paid to do podcasts. I do, which is the absolute dream, isn't it? Yeah. When I, I work in Rough Trade East, the record store, and we get lots of bands coming in to play live performances in the shop. And so when they come in, I book them in for an hour in the afternoon before the sound check. And we do an interview in the podcast room. We've got like a radio studio. And I love it so much because it sounds like you're on Radio 4. It's really professional, <laughs> great equipment. <laughs> And yeah, I just get to chat about music and they get to pick records out from from the shop floor and play them. So that's really nice because sometimes bands don't want to talk about themselves. So when you get them to talk about other music, they really open up and it's it's much nicer for them and it's kind of more fun. That's the shoplifting show, right? Yeah, it's called Shoplifting on Rough Trade Radio. It's good actually, yeah. It's got it's it's quite well received. It's kind of a bit like Desert Island Disc, but not as good. It's more crummy. But I, that's you know, that's <laughs> fine. They they pick out records, they've got fifteen minutes to choose some records and they play them and talk about each one. So it's not like favourite of all time, it's more just um, what they can see and grab and what they just kind of fancy having a chat about. So it's great, and some of them, yeah, have been fantastic. There are some, when I'm a real fan of the bands, I obviously just like turn into like a crumbling wreck and just ask the shittest questions. So, so go on, who have you, who's made you like really starry and kind of uh, like that? Me and my friend Nick did an interview with Ryan Adams recently that was awful and we, we, we thought we actually couldn't put it out because we were both just like, we sound like beavers and butthead. We were like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Because we just love him. And also, I mean, there have been other people too, but then some people I've been really nervous about, like Martha Wainwright I was really nervous about because I'd love her. But she, yeah, we actually got on really well and it was fine. Uh, there are some bands who you think are going to be really 
or musicians you think are going to be quite open and funny and chatty and then they're actually just very deadpan <laughs> um but the, yeah yeah it's, well, it's I guess as much fun. as anything it depends what day you catch someone on like the yeah you catch totally. someone having a great day and feeling chatty and yeah day, not so much a lot of the time if it's a bigger artist they don't want to chat before they play because yeah. they're trying to get into the zone or they want to keep their voice um but yeah and we've had people come into the shop like john malkovich who we did one with and you know he didn't even doesn't even like music so well he's not really into it so was he just in the shop as a shopper no he made this book a, few, a while ago um Sometimes we invite people in. Um, I sometimes just look at the London gig listings and see who's in town and invite them in, which is quite a nice thing to do. But we would never, if we saw someone, for instance, like Jarvis Cocker, shopping in the shop, buying records, I would never go and ask him to do something. That's right. like That'd be a bit much. That would be awful, I think, trying to, like, disturbing them when they're just trying to buy some records. That's, that's like a golden rule. We never do that. And it, I guess that's sort of the opposite of what you're trying to do with the shop as well. Like, you want this to be a, a welcoming, open place. Yeah. Not somewhere you're going to get mugged by someone with a microphone. Totally. It should just be a place where you can come and relax, listen to records, talk to the amazing staff about music, and just hang out and see bands and feel like you can spend as much time as you want. That's why we've got a cafe in there, so you can really, like, bed in for the day. <laughs> so how long have you been at Rough Trade for now? Uh, it's just over a year, so since November 25th, wait, hang on, where are we? <laughs> uh, just over a year ago, a year and a few months, um, and I started making the magazine for them a few months into working there, and we've just finished our 12th issue. I say we, I, I have, <laughs> haven't got a team as such. <laughs> Party for one. Uh, no, me and Bruce Usher, who's the designer, we've just done our 12th issue, because it's one per month, and just trying to work on the 13th now. It's been very fun. It's definitely changed a lot. So, so I mean, the, the mag, for anyone who's not seen it, I mean, I guess kind of obviously it's a music magazine, but what do you do with it to make it stand out from everything else that's out there? Well, I went in there thinking I'd have to make a music magazine, so I looked at all the other music magazines in coming out from the UK, and I was like, oh, God, they're really good, and they're really serious, and they're really um, just such amazing in-depth um, journalism and reviews and just like knowledge basically and I was thinking I could try and do that um, I am really I'm really into music but you know there comes I'm not like the guys who work for The Wire who are just completely encyclopedic knowledge and I was like I, there's no point adding to that pile so what I made instead was rather than a music magazine it's, it's kind of evolved into more of a shop magazine so I asked the staff to write articles I asked the bands to write articles and it's it's supposed well I'd like to think it kind of sums up the feeling of being in rough trade it's a bit squidgy around the edges it's a bit you know it's friendly the articles are written in a very like it's how you'd explain something to someone in the pub rather than it's very conversational it's funny you know that there's it, it's, it's very imperfect like the shop is you know there's stains on the floor and there's you know beer cans and it, it's 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 kind of I want it to be like that really and to sum up just the feeling and the history of the shop not in terms of like the musical history but more in terms of why has that shop survived for 40 years? And I think the reason is because it feels like you're walking into this family area where everyone wants to talk to you about music and you, you know, it's not as scary as other record stores. You can really can talk to the staff and they're going to help you out and they're all really funny and odd and they're just big fans of music. So that's, yeah, sorry, I'm rambling like crazy. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, this is what we're meant to be doing, right? Oh, yeah. We're meant to be talking. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> The, that strikes me as being I mean so I, I love the magazine I think you do a, a fantastic job with it thank you Steve it strikes me as a slightly terrifying thing to be doing because you're doing it 
on like such a regular frequency and because you're relying on like contributions from the people who are around you (laughs) rather than like you know it's not like you commission a writer to do it and they get paid the money to do it and that you know like when you're saying like hey could you tell me a funny thing to put in here and especially when you're trying to leave it kind of rough around the edges so that it has that sort of I say that it just is because it is (laughs) is I I can't I can't make it neat to save my life Uh, no it is because I basically have to do a 64 page printed magazine every two weeks alone to get that content together we have a lot of regular features that I basically just like hound the people for each month so that's quite straightforward and it fills up some pages but you know what in terms of asking staff to do an article for instance there's a guy called Gaz who works in the Rough Trade Cafe big Bruce Springsteen fan and there was a book of the month which was going to be about Bruce Springsteen so I just said to Gaz why don't you just write me a love letter to Bruce Springsteen and to put that in so he wrote this amazing like pure piece of writing that you know perhaps was, was spelt a bit wrong or, or whatever but just was so pure and sweet and something that maybe a music journalist couldn't have done and and him get, you know, getting that off him and putting it in the magazine I can edit that and make it you know make it sound right and whatever and play around with it um and then seeing him, you know, him just being over the moon to see his name in print. You know what I mean? That's yeah. like the best bit. And yeah. it's really not that hard to get stuff off people. If you just ask them, they, they hand it in. You know what I'm so surprised about is when I ask bands to, you know, I say to them, here's some money for some disposable cameras on your tour. Can you just, like, document it and send it back by this day? And as I'm emailing it, I'm like, this is never going to happen. As if. Like, they're, they're literally, like, non-stop, a, a performance a day for months. And they do. They somehow get the time to go to Snappy Snaps in like Berlin or whatever and get it processed and we transfer it to me. And every time I, when I get that we transfer, I'm like, <laughs> what? How, how have you done this? How is this working? Uh, anyone can write for this magazine, like customers, staff, friends of mine have done it. Um, I sometimes do it. Uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy for anyone to get involved. Because um, I think, yeah, it's, I want it to have that family vibe and for people to be part of it there's no reason why not I don't think anyone's going to no one no one buys Rough Trade magazine for it's like astonishing journalism <laughs> it's like it's got these funny like toilet features where you know they're, they're short and they're quick and they're you know they're funny it's not so I don't really mind who writes for it as long as they're writing about something that they're passionate about or you know so yeah. you go, you've got the magazine going you've got the podcast side going is that are you like managing a series of podcasts with that or is it is it just the one that you work on? Uh, no, we do series. Well, at the moment we do, we do kind of a few a week. Um, I book them in, and then a guy called John Webb at Rough Trade edits them. Um, and yeah, we just have bands coming in. Sometimes we'll do a special. I'll go out with my like handheld mic at festivals and interview people, or um, go and interview people in like the, in the queue for gigs and stuff. You know, that stuff like that. Um, but mostly it's people coming into the store and just having a chat, which is quite nice. And we go through the albums of the month, and we go. Um, and just talk about records in the store and the staff each do like a kind of monthly mix of just like the latest music so it's really good actually we don't really know how to promote it further than just our social media so we're kind of working on that at the moment but then they are average at like a thousand listens on soundcloud and then probably the same on itunes so it's oh quite good a thousand listens on soundcloud i know but you just <laughs> get music in nice. it i think it's because there's music in them but then we had one tom who works in mail order <laughs> i was like oh would you mind doing a podcast with um oliver arnold's the icelandic musician and he was like yeah all right and i like, went down and did it and it was great 
people are on SoundCloud and it got like it's got like 15,000 listens and we don't know what happened it basically Tom went viral and it was so funny <laughs> because he just was like he never done a podcast before and he works in mail order and he was like oh that's a bit weird I think it was like the whole of Iceland like tuned in for that I don't was, know uh, and did you go to Tom because he's a particular fan or like is that just um, random no I tend to I, I normally ask around to see who's a fan or I know I know kind of roughly who likes what you know right. Nick's into country Sid's into electronic music you know I, I know people's tastes already so I go to them and I ask um, but what I what I'm trying to do really is giving everyone a go at it so I want someone I want the people from the cafe to do it I want the people who work in mail order to do it the shop staff some of them have just said they don't want to right but um, and most and most of them have been nervous but have done it once and then we'll do it again but I just want it to be like that I, there isn't really a system and I definitely don't like Bagsy the best ones although I, I could <laughs> <laughs> but obviously I try and wheedle my favourite artists into doing them as well yeah of course um, making it sound as if it's like good press for them but actually it's just my dreams coming true <laughs> it sounds like you're actually genuinely having fun with it what, oh my god they, it's so fun well but the thing so like even something that's really fun like when it's pressured and like you've got to get something out and like there's only you to do it like actually that can stop being fun yeah no it's, it's always fun I, it's it, making that magazine and making this podcast is just like a dream obviously there are some you know working anywhere you've got your gripes about a business but that's that happens if you work in a cafe or a cinema yeah. or, or an office anywhere but aside from that honestly I, I don't feel like I do work I get there I start work at 10 in the morning have a coffee in the cafe chat to the guys go upstairs I feel like I mess around all day and I just have these silly things and then I get to do things like interview my favourite band and then I get to watch an in-store gig at the end of the day and then I have some beers because they sell beer in there and then we all get drunk together and go to the pub and then the next day I do it all again and it just feels like nothing ever I don't do any work but at the end of the month the magazine plops out and all the podcasts are there (laughs) but it doesn't, yeah, I'm very, very lucky and that sounded a bit gloaty but I feel like maybe I should gloat because it really is like a dream job and and, and yeah. so before you were at Rough Trade, you were at It's Nice That for how many years were you there? Like four years. Four years. Yeah. And that must be an amazing training ground. Yeah, it was so great. Like that. Yeah. That was, again, that was just the most fun job ever. I've been very lucky in my work. <laughs> um, it's nice that, yeah, it was kind of like, a, I kind of say it's a bit like a finishing school because you learn how to, I, I learned how to do podcasts, I learned how to run events and how to create events, how to make a magazine how to write online content how to write generally um and just learning how to be a nice person because everyone there is just like constantly great and happy so um yeah it was very fun and then I went freelance for like six months I was just really lonely (laughs) and I was writing for really cool magazines and stuff but I really I really feed off like colleagues Mm. and rough trade does I, I just I love colleagues and how you get thrown into this place where you, people you would never normally hang out with and you have this humour together that only could exist in that space because you're laughing at like you know the workplace or like your boss or a meeting or something I love that and I, I would never I could never go back to freelance I don't think I, I remember us talking um, I think it must have been just after you left It's Nice and you were talking about wanting to start your own music magazine so yeah. in a way actually what's happened is you've got to have a music mag but you also have this like work environment mm. where there's a bunch of people around you do you know what happened it was so weird and I think I've spoken about this before but I was in um, my old flat with my ex-boyfriend and I was freelancing and I was like we were at the dinner table and I was like oh I'm just so 
I'm just so lonely at the moment and I want to start this music magazine on my own but I can't afford it and I want to go and live in New York and everything's shit and he was like look don't worry about it something something will happen and the next day I got an email from Rough Trade my boss Stephen he said I found you via LinkedIn it does happen um, and well, we're looking to make a music magazine and we need to make some podcasts and you'd need to go to New York quite a lot but would you be the editor of Rough Trade and I was like Yes. <laughs> so, Were you listening to the conversation in my house last night? I was so, it was like a, I felt like a golden hand had like come down from the sky and just given me like all the stuff I wanted on a plate. It was really quite a moment. So the okay, so the we like this is all like really good news. This is good stuff. What still frustrates you? What's the thing that actually you look at it and you say, God, I just wish we could be doing something else. Like, like whether it's I don't know, like more frequent or more pages or different content is there anything that you're like I still want to do this thing oh that's a really good question um, I think to be honest at the moment I, I wish more people knew about it mm. and I don't have the time we have Rough Trade hasn't even got a social media manager we, we don't I, I don't have the time to promote it we print 5,000 or maybe more actually sometimes 10,000 um, issues and they, they go but I never get any feedback and I, and I don't know where they're going and they get distributed and I don't know where they end up. And I really, I, I think there's some, there's some articles in there that just have, no one knows they exist. Like there's an interview with Ricky Gervais in there, like a, quite a long one that is really funny and no one knows that exists because, and there's, there's interviews with like some humongous people, like Kirk from Metallica was in the last issue. No one, no one even mentioned it. And just, sometimes I wish I could tell people about the magazine more, or have the time to go and talk about it or get it out there more. So I think, and then also that would make people want to get involved with it more and, you know, submit if they want to be in it or whatever. Um, aside from that, making 12 issues a year, I would just, I would love to have like a month off <laughs> every, every year because... Um, it means you can't go on, I can't go on holiday for more than like about five days um, and which is fine but it's quite like quite constant yeah and we're, uh, we're in Europe at the moment and they do that thing of just going away in August yeah They're, like this very civilised yeah. thing of being like it's August now we're not doing anything yeah amazing we don't why don't we do that I, yeah London's mental yeah I think with the magazine what I really want it to get to is basically at the moment, it's written by some writers, some contributors, some customers, some friends and whatever. What I would really like it to get to is just written by musicians and staff. And I would love to get some big musicians like writing a column for the magazine. I would like Brian Eno to give me like, a gardening column about his tomato plants. I want like people like that, you know? I want like a books column from Laura Marling. or That's what I would like it to be in my head, in my dream. Like a, you open it up and it's just... You know, someone, so-and-so's doing the horoscope, so-and-so's doing this. Which it kind of is at the moment. We've got Jonathan Richmond as the agony aunt and we do bands doing the horoscope every month. But I would like it to just be, like, really surprising. You know Cheap Date magazine from no, the, from the 90s? Bet. No, uh, It was put together by these two stylists and I'll show you a copy. It's, it's really good. Um, Bay Garnet and... Oh, I can't remember the other woman's name. Phoebe something. Anyway, you open it up and it's just like... The be- it's like Kim Gordon giving you a recipe for fish tacos and it's, you know, Kate Moss's Holiday Diary and it's Sophie Dahl ha- doing a page of erotic novel. Like, d- everyone's being silly and fun and it's completely irrelevant and irreverent and it's not timely content, it's not serious, it's just people mucking around. I, I would love for Rough Trade magazine to just be just almost useless but really cool so that someone finds them in an attic in about 40 years' time they'll be like 
that is cool. I have no interest in it being like news, news or current affairs. There's enough magazines to do it already. I want it to be as like useless and silly as possible. Well, that, I mean, that's your strapline. Almost useless, almost useless, but really cool. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. All right. What let's... I strive to be myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you, Steve. Cheers. Okay, that's it for this week. I don't think I've ever heard an editor talking about their mag just plopping out every month. Um, Liv obviously keeps up a fantastic work rate to make this magazine and, of course, uh, all the podcasts. So um, if you get the chance, if you find yourself a rough trade store in London or Nottingham or New York, uh, then pop in there and buy some stuff. I think you need to buy sort of like £15 worth of stuff to get the magazine for free, or I think you can buy it for like five or six pounds. Um, or of course, you can listen to her podcasts for free. Just search for Rough Trade uh, in SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you normally go, and you'll find it all in there. And of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, you'll find more of our conversations with independent magazine makers also on SoundCloud and iTunes and all the regular places um, just search for Stack Magazines and give us a follow while you're there so we can deliver next week's episode straight to your phone as soon as it's ready and just to finish and thank you very much to everyone who's been contacting us in the last week to say nice things about the podcast um, we sent an email out to um, our mailing list earlier this week uh, just basically letting people know about this podcast so we've had lots of people listening for the first time uh, and it's been really lovely um, hearing the, the stuff that you've got to say about the episode so please do keep the feedback coming and uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode of the Stack Magazines podcast Thank you.